Good morning, Laguna Beach. It's Craig here on KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio uh, uh, with uh, another show here. I have some fabulous guests. They get up. Well, maybe they didn't get up so early because they're in a different time zone. But uh, I have it that they're they're not early morning people for about 50 years because I know their business well. <laughs> Having been in it myself, we have lots to talk about. I'll get to my guests in just a second. But, you know, everyone wants to know the weather because some days, especially lately, uh, there's nothing that we want to know more in the world than the weather. Sometimes days are just like that. So without further ado, here in Laguna Beach, scattered thunder showers developing this afternoon, a high of 67 winds south to southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain is 50%, so we don't mind that. 80% humidity, so we'll keep our complexion and look young and youthful as we all are here this morning. Um, sunrise is, uh, well, already happened, so we won't go there. Sunset is 617. Have you noticed the days are getting a little shorter? And what's in store for the rest of the week? Well, well, it's uh, cloudy, cloudy, partly cloudy, 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 partly cloudy in the 70s through next Friday. So it, it's going to be cloudy and usually clears in the afternoon. Same old, same old. Chance of rain is pretty much zero. So clouds, folks. But that's the way it happens sometimes. I got announced, too, that, uh, that coming this weekend, we have our... Uh, uh, hmm. Laguna Beach Pride is having their beach bonfire, which is this Sunday, and it starts uh, a little earlier this time. It's at nine and uh, at uh, at four instead of uh, five. We usually start at five, and it's at Aliso Creek Beach, and uh, it's free. And we have s'mores and all the fixins. You watch the sunset and the gloaming, and the stars come out. There will be no moon this weekend. Uh, it's I don't know. We couldn't get it to show up, so it's just not going to be there. But that's just coming up. And then on uh, November 10th, we have a, a LGBTQ mixer for all the people that are in the business uh, here in Laguna Beach. And that is a panel discussion talking about the challenges that face business owners uh, that are LGBTQ or businesses that have a an affinity for the LGBTQ market and want to participate. So it's all things LGBTQ. And having covered uh, all of those in very important messages here this morning, bright and early in KXFM 104, I want to uh, introduce my radio guests this morning and make, let's see if we can hear, hear them. Uh, is the mute off? Yes, it is. Hi. Hi. Th this, this must be Mercedes. <laughs> Mercedes, yes, Mercedes Kane, and let me let me explain to you who my guests are this morning. And I'm so pleased. I have lots of questions for uh, the the uh, featured movie uh, persons, I guess, celebrities. Let's say that. But Mercedes Kane, she is a director producer. As a story, I'll do my radio voice for you, okay? As a storyteller, Mercedes Kane is forever fascinated by the human experience. And what many ways uh, to explore and express that experience. That's, that sounds very honorable. She most recently directed What Remains, the Burning Down of the Black Wall Street, of Black Wall Street in 2021. Where was that? That is, um, actually, it's at the Smithsonian Museum of African American Culture and History now. So, But where, where did it, the burning down happen, actually? Oh, it was about the Tulsa Massacre in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. About the oh, here here it goes. About the 1921 Tulsa uh, race massacre, her third feature-length documentary, an award-winning Breakfast at Isis, a premiere a premiere in Chicago International Film Festival for being acquired by the American Public Television. It is screened at 50 film festivals and educational screenings nationwide, garnering a number of high honors, including audience awards and best documentary feature. But then, uh, and Mercedes and other films include Banana Season. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Today we saw The Face of God, Hearts of Hope, Chicago Heights, and uh, named one of the best art films of the year by Roger Ebert. Meanwhile, she started a new movie story, a life story of art and pep, and they are my guests this morning. Say hello to Art and Pep. Art, 
Good Are morning. You? Good morning. And Pep? Good morning. <laughs> and they've been in the beverage food, the beverage business for a number of years. And you attended a wedding, I guess, this today already. Oh, no, tonight. It's ahead of us. Tonight. Oh, we got to get through this so you can get to the, get to the church on time, right? Right. <laughs> so with that, Mercedes, um, uh, actually, Mercedes contacted Laguna Beach Pride and said, can, can you help promote? We're having a... Um, uh, 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 screening. Screening. That's the word. Thank you. I, I've been saying it all weekend to everyone, telling them who my guests are going to be. A screening on the on Thursday, I believe. It's on Wednesday at two forty-five. Wednesday at two forty-five. Thank you. And and it's the Newport Film Festival, which is going on right now. They have all sorts of films. It's October nineteenth, the twenty-second at two forty-five, and it's at the Newport uh, Big Big Newport Six Theaters. So um, at two forty-five, and the film is aptly titled. Um, have the thing right here. Art and Pep. Art and Pep. Would you call it Peep? Pep? Pep, yep. yep. So uh, let's just dive right in here with Mercedes. What how did you meet Art and Pep and, and what what inspired you? I mean, what was what 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 got this passion and creative juices going uh, for these two gentlemen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a mutual friend, um, his name's Kevin, and he's actually the executive producer of the film now, but Kevin and I have been friends for a long time and creative collaborators, and he's been known Art and Pep for decades now, and one day he was just telling me their story and some of the, you know, just the stories of the progress that they've made in Chicago, which is where the story is based, um, and they own one of the largest LGBTQ bars in the country, which everyone knows, it's called Sidetrack. And I, you know, I'd known about Sidetrack, you know, I'd known about the story of progress to some degree in Chicago, but when he started putting, you know, this personal touch to it and telling me all these like very Chicago, very interesting ways that they went about getting change, you know, to happen, it just blew my mind. And I immediately said, you know, this should be a documentary. And then I met them and, you know, they've been a couple now for almost 50 years. And, you know, I just, wow. they're, so, they're just like, they have like the best relationship that you can just feel their love when you're with them. And so when I met them, I really fell in love with their love. And I realized that there's also, I have never seen a story about two men who've been in a 50 year relationship on any screen. So that was also a really a driving force for me to make it. So as you got to know, you hadn't met them before. So as you got to know them, you discovered there's more and more of a story and layer upon layer. Yes, it's a very layered story. Um, yeah, I mean, they're at the heart of it for sure. And their love story was really the thread that we, you know, really tried to weave through it in the lens that we looked through when we told all the stories that kind of are included in this bigger picture. Um, but yeah, you know, we, as we started shooting, we started filming in uh, November of 2019 and we sort of had a different angle we were pursuing for the modern day angle. And then COVID happened and, you know, we really had to sort of reevaluate what the movie was and, you know, sidetrack is this really big, small business. They were, they had to shut their doors for the first time in 40 years. You know, they have 65 people on staff and customers who come, you know, daily, weekly. So that was a huge fracture in the community. And so we started following that. And then, you know, we kind of had a pot up and bubble up together. And so I think that really helped build like this really, you know, trust, like a lot of trust and a really close relationship. Sure. And I think that also helped us to be able to tell the story and sort of these more intimate moments that they were maybe not as comfortable with because they've been in the public eye through the bar, through their activism, but they've never let cameras like shine a light on their love story. And so. Well, I praise them for being a new gentleman for being willing to share. Uh, sometimes that's a scary thought. Um, <laughs> did, let me just ask, I'm jump right here. Art, I'll start with art because it's the A is the beginning of the alphabet, Pep, okay. <laughs> um, did you ever think that you would be in the beverage business for 50 years? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, uh, we are two of the most unlikely possible bar owners. Uh, although I met Pepe in a gay bar uh, because people used to meet in bars. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was a, a like as I said, a long, complicated, weird story 
we had a great friend who was a customer of Pepe's who had an idea for a gay bar that he wanted to pursue. And nobody would listen to his idea except Pepe and me. And the idea wow. was to use music video in the bar. This was before MTV. And, uh, wow. and it, it, was a, it was a remarkable new idea. We, in, the, in the early days, people would come in and not know the protocol. For example, with a whole, one whole wall full of video, is it like watching TV at home that you talk to each other? Or is it like going to the movies that you're silent? So the first few months we were open, people called us a zombie bar because nobody <laughs> said a word. But it's lasted a long time and uh, very fortunate. They own a lot too. When they first opened, they were 800 square feet and now they're 15,000 square feet and four levels. So oh, growth there. Mm -hmm. um, there is a, a club in, I, I don't know that it's still there, probably not in San Francisco. It's called the Midnight Sun. The Midnight Sun, that was an inspiration. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Because I, I, you were never but more than probably six feet away from the bar the whole time because it was all along one side. And yet the screens were over. You, you could look easily look at someone's faces. You could look at the screen above their head at all times. And it provoked a lot of conversation, I felt. So, yeah, that was kind of cutting edge. And then the programming as part of the music was, was uh, provoked conversation, which was, a, I think, a, an important component. So... That was your model. I think that's very interesting. Completely, <laughs> yes, it was. So you did that for a number of years as a, as more of a conversation um, uh, bar establishment, right, Pep? Well, it was it was all done with music videos. Uh, yeah. That was the only kind of thing we played. Yeah. So obviously, in those days, there were very few things available. So we have to make our own and trying to find visuals that will look good with some. So music and you uh, use Sony Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit after that. It was VHS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how interesting! So, um, and when you, um, but so at this point you were together, the two of you. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And that was the inception of of your journey in in the beverage business, and uh, so you've seen it. My gosh, it has changed a tremendous amount in those in that time. It's it it's, it, and I can say that I have been. I used to work for a hotel group, and I set up their nightclubs. And I I I, under, I used to do programming, and I know that. And mixing the twelve inch. There's a place. There was a place in San Francisco called Hot Wax, and uh, you could go buy all the twelve inch records. And you'd go there Saturday morning, and all the DJs would still be up from. Or you go there Sunday morning, all the DJs would still be up for Saturday night. And they'd all come in and be talking about what songs were really hot they played that night and uh, and looking at trying to find the next best new 12-inch record. So it was it was crazy, crazy, crazy times. So you you persevered through a, a pan, an epidemic of AIDS, and and that must have been a, a traumatic effect. What what did it do for the in the business in Chicago, how did Chicago respond to that? Well, first of all, we lost all of the bars and nightclubs, which were primarily meeting places for sex. They all closed pretty quickly. Uh, and as you well know, the only places our community ever had to be around each other were in bars. I often say everything important in the gay community began in a bar. But when AIDS came along, it was uh, such a complicated and difficult process because the only places we had were bars, but people were afraid to go to bars because, as you remember, in the early years, nobody had any idea how AIDS was spread. And right. so going to a bar was a very fraught experience. Uh, and in the early days before we had any kind of drugs, any kind of treatments, you would see people every day whose opportunistic infections were visible on their faces. Uh, and uh, it made the bars very peculiar places. It was, in one way, the only place we could go to find people like ourselves, but it was also the place that people were very afraid to go. We noticed, for example, 
people almost completely stopped buying drinks that were served in glasses and went to all beers and things that were uh, right. that, that you that you could open open in front of a customer. Let me let me confess, Art. I I am seventy years old, so I um, lived through it myself. So I I I remember um, clearly. I I also recently. Uh, our little community is down to one bar for other reasons, um, but AIDS certainly kicked it and, it and it never really fully recovered. But I did write an article about why gay bars are so important to the community. It speaks to, I think, to what you're saying. Um, and I'll add to it that I think a lot of uh, gays, um, because I, I put it as their condition, being gay, a lot of times they don't they lose their real family, their 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 uh, natural family, and they reach out. They still have that need, and so they they kind of develop a family of their own. And where is that family home? Is often a gay bar, mm -hmm. and it's a situation where that becomes their home. Unlike other bars, and it's important for them. And the way I put it, it it they can go there and it can become a family and it may thwart suicide. It may thwart many things that they, because finally they can be somewhere where they can laugh and, and smile and have a joke or two. And that's so important to realize that they're not alone and have a family that they need. That need is so much a part of your person. And without that, it's can be devastating. You know, you can be alone and there was a time people like to forget when you know being gay was against the law it was considered very immoral with when it comes to the to the church and it was considered a a mental disorder so you had three three things against you right um, yeah it, all you, those things <laughs> no you've described it very well and i'd love to know more about your article because this is one of the topics that is uppermost in our minds, which is uh, the future of gay bars. Uh, our friend Cleve Jones often talks about the need for us all to pay more attention to gay bars because they are the, the, the anchor of the neighborhoods. And yeah. around the country, our, we're losing our bars, we're losing our gay districts, partly because of, uh, of assimilation uh, and partly because our community is moving on, doesn't have the same need, but we do still need to have a place that we can go and be around people we perceive to be like ourselves. Exactly. And I, I think we're quick to think that we've been assimilated and we're in, and we're being so, that so many people put that off to that, but I ran a little bar here three years ago and I discovered that kids are still being kicked out of their homes. They still become homeless in three or four days. I hired a young man that worked at Trader Joe's and he quit Trader Joe's because he wanted to work at the bar. And it was a big, a big change for him. And he was so happy. And one work one day came to work and he wasn't happy. And his parents found he was living at home and his parents found out he was gay and they literally kicked him out. Yes. And it was the patrons of the bar that came together and, you know, got him a, a, a mattress to sleep on and a sleeping bag and found him a couch where he could hang out for a while until he, he sorted it out. And it was, but it's, it's still happens, you know, and if I hadn't been that home, yeah, I, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I thank you first for sharing that, you know, over 50% of homeless kids across the country are LGBTQ. Uh, yeah. we, saw, we saw parents who, who believe in some version of religion that tells them that their children are sinners and then mm -hmm. children are thrown out of homes every day. So it is probably one, it is clearly the largest or second largest issue that we still need to deal with, which is the youth of our community who no longer have homes. God bless bars, because especially when we're coming now into holiday season, the role of the bar for so many people in our community who don't have a family, uh, mm -hmm. those continue to be important. And we know that people who hang out around bars tend to be healthier, healthier mentally, <laughs> uh, which, which is not what, what uh, folks who are opposed to alcohol would suggest. Right. <laughs> 
Um, I um, just about two weeks ago there was a YouTube video of a, a young uh, a young guy, sixteen years old, been missing in Cedar Rapids, uh, no, Rap, Idaho Falls in in uh, Idaho. And I lived up there, and I knew the area, and it's very Mormonish and very conservative. And and he, they couldn't find him for three years. And they interviewed his parents, and I just was convinced, based on their religion and him being and what they told about him and just his photographs, and that he was gay. I have no idea, but he wrote, he broke into high school and left a note for his good friend in his locker. And that's the last words he had. And he took his car and drove into the river and that was his end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had so much to live for. And uh, if, if he just had got past that one message there and I, and, uh, and I, I felt sorry for his parents. It was horrible. And, and it's, 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 uh, it's still very um, well viewed on the, on YouTube right now as, as I speak, because they're still trying to figure out why someone uh, with so much to live for and a loving family would do that. But um, it's tragic. So it still happens. Yeah. And, and, and being there and having, providing a home for, for those is terribly important. So, <laughs> so Mercedes, I can see why you, you <laughs> went after this uh, talking to Art and Pep Um I don't know where else, where to go. Uh, I do, I did write that article and I'd be happy to share it with you. It got published in the local newspaper here. Uh, they do a column for me and, and uh, it, it explains just how important that is uh, and why, why it has been so important. And it's still, and yet uh, um, it's, well, it's important for two reasons. Also to the visibility that, uh, um, I guess the, to share the diversity as 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 is is also important, you know, mm-hmm. to see that we're not these um, what do we say groomers. Yeah. <laughs> I just find that disgusting. <laughs> you could okay, we could turn that around. Uh, uh, what about the heterosexuals that tell every all little boys have to wear blue and little girls have to wear pink and have dolls and little boys have to have trucks and uh, BB guns, you know, aren't they grooming them for, um, you know, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) if you want to take it to that extreme, but I don't, that's not a, that's not a healthy way to look at it, I suppose. So uh, in the making of this movie, um, well, let's just ask Pep, what are you most proud of it? What moment in the movie are you most proud of that uh, Mercedes uh, struck on that you, you were glad got it included in the movie. Is there any moment that you thought, oh, wow, I'm glad she's doing that? There are so many moments like that within the documentary. It's, um, as we were talking, you know, there are different layers as the history of the gay movement in Chicago comes through. And I, I'm very proud of that. Uh, yeah. Living in Chicago, we were used to being a flyover state and a flyover city. So, no offense, but if it doesn't happen in California or New York, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and there are stories everywhere. I mean, uh, we've been we've been traveling some with the with the documentary in other cities, and there's there stories about everybody did it their own way. And the way people fought for their rights is it's, it's amazing, and it's all over the country. Yeah, I never thought of that. I. I there's always a comment about the middle child in the family gets ignored. It's always <laughs> the oldest gets all the attention and the youngest gets spoiled rotten. And I'm a middle child, so I know these things. <laughs> so so we'll call Chicago the middle child. How about that? <laughs> no, no, no. That's so well said. I am also a middle child, so I have a very strong sense of those things. Uh, one of the one of the things we love about Chicago is we have an incredibly vibrant gay district okay. in Chicago. And that that's thrilling to see. One of the goals that we have is to, is to find things that will help continue that vibrant community for the future. Because 
We believe that once we lose the gay areas, we will start to lose our political clout. We will start to lose our ability to affect legislation. Uh, last month, the governor of the state of Illinois was at our bar three times. Really? Uh, and the mayor, <laughs> who happens to be a black, our mayor, who happens to be a black lesbian, was at the bar five times. I looked at all <laughs> the folks and thought, you know, it's not many years ago that no elected official would have been caught dead near a gay bar. And now our bar, our community are viewed in Chicago and in other cities as important voting blocks. That's really how we've made the progress we've made across the country, because we learned how to register to vote, how to run candidates, how to defeat our enemies at the ballot box. And uh, none of us began that way. We all began as the happy-go-lucky gay community. Uh, as friends of ours say, they were the last generation of gay people to actually have fun, meaning before AIDS. So right. we've done remarkable work in our community across the country, and there's a lot more to do. You know, I, I as you say that, uh, you're, you guys are... Uh, the two of you are probably an anomaly because I think so many um, bar, gay bar owners have this preconceived idea what a gay bar should be. And and they're maybe not so embracing of these changes and being participating in that new narrative out there and becoming uh, vocal and uh, part of it. Part of the conversation is what is what you're saying you, you are you're doing. Um, in the past, so many of the gay bars would be non-political, not involved, not not active in these things, and um, part and not part of the community. Kind of keep try to keep under the radar, as as it were, because uh, that's just the culture that it was. But uh, I I agree. I mean, we should be proud and and have uh, instead of calling it the gay ghetto, you know, it's it's a prideful lo location, you know, and and it 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 has something to offer. Uh, you know, I mean, Harvey Milk thought that was was probably pretty cutting edge in that. You know, be proud of our of who we are and and where we live and those kind of things. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out as well as he wanted, but um, he certainly did make some progress for everyone. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. I I know um, here in Laguna Beach, we've had a couple people on city council and mayor, uh, past mayors that have been gay and uh and we're proud of that i know in, in palm springs the whole city council was was recently revealed that they are gay so um that's i think that's kind of cool and they have a k gay k g a y in palm springs radio station so but here in Laguna Beach, we just have little rainbow radio once a week, and it, we might expand it. Who knows? <laughs> it's just me. Um, but I think uh, we're struggling because our last little gay bar, um, uh, they decided that they wanted to go after the uh, well, the owner's sister, who is not is non-gay, decided she wanted to go for a different demographic, as she put it. And so she took down all the rainbow flags and, and the bars business has gone to uh, low levels and, and it's about to close, unfortunately. And it's the last one here and it has a great heritage, but it's up for sale. I actually put an offer in to try and purchase it, but I, I've been informed that it's not enough. <laughs> so, so we'll see to make another offer. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. So. But it's too bad. I do think uh, Little Laguna Beach, which used to be like Provincetown and used to be uh, a thriving, thriving destination, a world-class destination. We do have a wonderful beach here uh, that is very gay. And uh, I have got the city council's support to put a rainbow-colored lifeguard tower on it, which we're wow. working on. Yeah, which would help. But we do need to get our gay bar, a, a nice gay bar back here in Laguna Beach. So. If you know of anyone who's interested in buying a <laughs> leasing a building and and I'm there with it. <laughs> Let me know. You're part of the package deal. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll make it work. Mercedes, uh how are how are how well has your um 
other showings been received when you do your screenings? Have, have they been some excitement? Give us some highlights. Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, I think um, it's also just really important for the younger community members to oh, know yeah. You know, I think this history is just a lot of people, it's kind of shocking that even younger people don't know the full breadth of AIDS and the impact that had. Um, and, you know, we also, in the filming this, we sort of, you know, being with the community and people who had lived through the AIDS crisis, there was all these parallels and also dissimilarities between that and COVID kind of arose. So we also, you know, were able to explore that. Um, and I think, and then we also have like a new generation of torchbearers who are in Chicago doing the work today. So it sort of also has a full circle moment. And I think every city that we visited, you know, there's always a young person in the audience who asks Art and Pep how they can get more involved and how they can, you know, keep things going and keep the movement strong. And Art just particularly galvanizes them. He's, you know, everyone's raising their fists and getting excited. So, I mean, I hope to do the same thing in Newport Beach, that, you know, you'll leave feeling really excited and ready to be the change you want to see because, you know, that's what they did. They, they didn't set out to be activists, but inaction wasn't an option and they, they did the work and got changed. Will any of you be at the screening? Uh, they will be. Yes, we'll both yeah. be there. Pepe and I. And our producer, oh, well. Nick Kreiman, will be there. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't make it because I've been traveling with the film for a while now. But um, yeah, they'll be there. So oh, That is so cool. I, I, I may have to make time for that and get up to Newport. And and uh, yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, Please do. I was, was going to... Oh, so I, I just want to say, if, if you just tuned in here on KXFM 104.7, I'm uh, with... I have two guests, three guests. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I was short a cup of coffee this morning, and we're um, discussing a new film that's coming out. It's called Art and Pep, and it's a what would you call it's 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 a documentary. Yeah, it's a yeah of, feature length documentary of uh, the life and times of Art and Pep, and as they charge forward with a whole new generation of LGBTQ. Uh, a new culture, I suppose. I suppose we could say, and uh, as as they march on, and there's a documentary of, of the path they've taken so so far, and uh, the first chapter, <laughs> and the second chapter is unfolding as we speak. Yeah, so, right. uh, and the, they will have their um, screening this next week, uh, the 19th, in uh, at Newport Film Festival, and it's at the Newport. Theater, what is it? There's a lovely photograph I have of you two gentlemen. October 19th uh, at 2.45 at the Newport Six Theaters in Newport Beach, California. And they're all there. If you don't know it, there is the Newport Film Festival is going on. It's going on right now, actually. And it goes on uh, through next week. So it's a big deal. See so if you're you're, if it's a cloudy day and you don't have anything to do, go to the film festival. <laughs> thank this you. Is the perfect really weather for this. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for, for, for talking. Thanks for sharing uh, um, more things that we all need to share. One of the most important things for our community, we believe, has been, and we're thrilled that there is more interest in the history of the LGBTQ community. I mean, after all, as we all know, the, the future has some difficulties right now, as politicians have discovered gold in attacking gay people. Yes. So knowing our history is a way to help us make progress some more. And uh, so- Not repeat the same mistakes. Absolutely. Hopefully yeah. we can avoid some of the mistakes we've made in the past. You know, I, I forget, I think what your comment about a lot of people, Mercedes, you said they don't know about AIDS. There's a whole general, did you just say that just now that mm -hmm. there's a whole yeah, they don't, I don't think you realize the breadth of it. Of, yeah. 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 So Ellen does this expose where she has the generation uh, X and generation Y or whatever, the baby boomers versus the new generation, mm -hmm. let's say. And she asked, well, one of the uh, new generation, uh, the Beatles, can you name who was in the Beatles? And I'm thinking, well, of course, you know, she could name one. And she thought maybe Michael Jackson was one of the Beatles. And I was going, oh my gosh, am I that old? <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, so I, I, back to what Art's comment was, I do think that uh, we need to appreciate the history because it is, it's huge what has changed. I remember at 14 years old, and the only example I had about gays was in where I lived in Northern California, was the the lone gay who worked at the flower shop. And, and his activity was a population of 3,500 in Wairika was in, he had a Ford Mustang, which was pretty sporty. Oh, and yep. he'd pick up hitchhikers and I'd see him pick up hitchhikers and probably drive them to the next town, which was weed, California and or Mount Shasta and drop them off. And I, who knows, you know, and I thought that's my life, you know, uh, which was pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be on a, doing a radio show in a beach city in Southern California and talking about <laughs> LGBTQ things and, and talking to Mercedes and Art <laughs> and Pep about that topic. You know, uh, the world has changed a lot, and I think it's important for uh, the, this generation to, to see the path that's that's been taken. And it sounds like this movie, and I'll find out when I see the movie, that yeah. sounds like this movie is a testament to that. Yeah, that's all that's happened from a, a small video bar of 800 square feet, did you say? Yeah. Originally, right. yes. Yeah, to, to 32,000 square feet. 15,000. <laughs> well, close. <laughs> it's big. I think big, you know. <laughs> Hopefully we'll meet you at the screening <laughs> next week. I have to I get them to the so. wedding or they're going to be, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> they're officiating the wedding of our executive producer, Kevin, today. So, Yeah. So, so. executive producers, they just put their name on things anyway. So, you know. No, the real people behind the scene here. <laughs> well, well, I want to thank you all for, for, for getting up. I, well, I guess you didn't get up so early, is there? Oh, there no, it's go. almost noon here, yeah. Yeah, and but you got to get ready for a big wedding today, right? Did you yeah. approve of the of the bride? The groom, the two grooms. Yes, we oh, do. They, oh, really? I didn't get that part in your in your message in your email. <laughs> I didn't get that memo. <laughs> well, good for Kevin. Yes. Yeah, that's very cool. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Who knew? Who knew? So w- one thing I want to close with is when we're looking at our history, yes. we remember that we, our community, made this history. Still today, the only people we can really rely on are each other, and we can never forget that. And we've got some hard times coming again, but I put my money on our community always. We always win. It takes a while, but we win and we'll win again. Thank you for that. I appreciate that very much. I, yeah, I'm, I, I do agree. I think when I see something that smacks in our face, I think they have no idea who they just smacked in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of, they just don't know who's, uh, you know, giving him that colonoscopy, what might happen. <laughs> uh, they better right, be thank careful. You so right. thank, thank you again. You. Look forward to seeing thank you. It's been great, you guys. I appreciate you get, being here this morning. And I will do, I'll do a few more um, mentions about this with some emails that, to promote the uh, your uh, screening coming up, Mercedes. Thank and, you so thank much. You. We appreciate Thanks it. for reaching out, Mercedes, and getting us all together and putting this together with us. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. We're going to take a short music break, and I'll be back on the other side. Thank you.
morning, Craig here on KXFM 104.7, Laguna Beach's handcrafted radio. Um, that was great to hear from Mercedes, Art, and Pep, and I hope everyone has an opportunity to go to the screening uh, at the Newport Beach Film Festival. Again, that's October 19th, which is this next Wednesday at 2.45 at the Newport, uh, the big Newport Six Theaters in Newport. I'm sure you can find that uh, in uh, Google, with a little Google search. Um, of course, the film festival is going on as we speak, and there's lots of uh, all kinds of films. They're all new, and they're all screenings. So you can read about them, and, and as in this case, often meet the people behind the, the movie, which is always interesting. I remember years ago, I went uh, with a friend to see a screening of uh, Brokeback Mountain, and I was not disappointed. Jake Gyllenhaal was there. So you never know who you might meet at a film festival. And there's one right under our our, our nose <laughs> here in Newport Beach. So you can't go wrong. Uh, and I, I highly recommend it. Anyway, uh, I will again announce that, uh, in case you missed it, this top of the hour, um, the rainbow... Um, no, I guess it's not rainbow. It's Laguna Beach Pride. Well, they're all kind of rainbow people. The um, This next Sunday, we have our um, beach bonfire again, which uh, is at Aliso Creek Beach. And it's a fun event. It's free. Uh, it's in the evening, and it lasts until 9 o'clock. It starts at, uh, at 5 o'clock, and it goes to 9. And so it's... Um, you just kind of show up, look for the rainbow flag, and we we watch the sunset and the stars come out and the gloaming, and everyone. I recommend that you bring a beach chair. <laughs> Standing around for three or four hours can get a little tiring. It's nice to put sit in the beach chair and put your feet up on the uh, fire ring and keep your toes warm, and uh, maybe some marshmallows as well and s'mores. Anyway, we do have you know music and uh, some munchy food with s'mores and. And then some people bring uh, some food to share. It's it's fun. And bring your pets, your dogs, your family. Everyone's welcome. It's free. Parking is uh, in effect. So there is some parking fees. Alcohol is not permitted on the beach. So be wary of that or aware of that, I guess. And that's about it. That's, that's what's coming up. And then November 10th, uh, we do have a mixer for LGBTQ businesses here in Laguna Beach. A lot more on that. We're going to settle all the details on it here shortly, so I, I don't want to uh, get ahead of myself, but that is coming up. And then, of course, uh, Pride will have their Christmas, some kind of Christmas event coming up in December. So that's what's going on in Laguna Beach. Um, I'm just going to read uh, one day on this day in history because we're about out of time. And uh, I see Ida May is here today. <clears throat> out there ready for her regular show. And I, I do see someone called in and I missed the call. I apologize. Uh, I was uh, busy doing some technical things. If you want to dial in again, there's probably a few minutes you can, and I promise I'll get to the phone. Um, so on this day in history, October 15th, that is today, right? Yeah. Wow. The month is halfway through. So you, you still have time to get a pumpkin and, and it'll last till the end of the month. Anyway, in 1952 in Los Angeles, W. Dor Legg and six friends, including Dale Jennings, with all the ties to the Medicine Society, discussed forming a group to promote education research activities beneficial to gay and lesbians called ONE, O-N-E. The results from the meeting. <clears throat> That they, they created one, Inc. I didn't hear of that organization. Okay, 1970. Jet Magazine features a lesbian couple, Edna Knowles and Peach Stevens. Peaches Stevens. Hmm. In their publication, under the headline, Two Women Married in Chicago to Each Other. Ooh. <laughs> I bet that's pretty shocking in 1970 to have a headline, Two Women Married in Chicago to Each Other. However, Jet noted that 
the Illinois made, made marriage license, Briero had no record of the union. And the image caption refers to Stevens as the bridegroom. Mm. In 1973, Dr. Howard Brown announces the foundation of the National Gay and Lesbian, was added later, task force. Considered the first gay and or or lesbian rights organization with a truly national scope. Dr. Bruce Voller is named the first executive director. That's in 1973, pretty cutting edge. Moving on to 1974, Gay Activist Alliance Firehouse is destroyed by ARF, by arson. Oh, that's not nice. In 1977, school board of Santa Barbara, California, votes to ban discrimination against students based on sexual orientation. How about that? That's a good, that's a good thing. Um, in 1983, a Washington, D.C. Supreme Court judge dismisses a lawsuit brought by gay students against Georgetown University three years prior, ruling that the students cannot force the university to grant their organization recognition, recognition because the federal government does not have an official national policy on homosexual rights. Oh, that's a real good excuse. Yeah. In 1980, it's like saying, well, we, we can't say you're guilty of murder because this, the, the, federal, the federal government doesn't have any policy on murder, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we don't, we don't, we can't condone it or condemn it. Uh, okay, moving along. It's 1988, Alexandria, Virginia bans administration and discrimination in employment, housing, and other practices based on sexual orientation. That's 1980. That's pretty good. In 1999, the Washington Times reports claims that George W. Bush, get a load of this, ensured conservative supporters that he would not knowingly appoint any homosexuals as ambassadors or department heads in his administration if he is elected. Isn't that a great campaign policy? Promise, whatever. Okay. I got a bad taste in my mouth and I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way it is. <laughs> um, Adame's not in here yet, so I have another. I'll, I'm going to go on to the 16th on this day in history. She looks like she's busy. Hmm. All right. On, on this day in history, October 16th. And oh, we're going to move along to Germany. In Germany, a Reichstag, R-E-I-C-H, Reichstag committee votes to repeal para paragraph 175. However, the Nazis' rise to prevent power prevents the implementation of the vote. Apparently, paragraph 175. Um, I should have done a little research on that. But, of course, it, yeah, it got, um, they prevented it. Mm -hmm. In 1975, Deputy Mayor of Los Angeles, Maurice Weiner, is arrested during a vice squad raid on a gay porn theater in Hollywood. He later resigns from office. Wow. Hmm. Imagine that, having to go to a theater for sex. That's the way it used to be. In 1995, Washington, D.C., Nation of Islam leader Louis, Louis Frakhan, million-dollar man, March divides African-American gay men. Some, distributed by Nation of Islam homophobia, decide to stay home. Others, viewing the march as an affirmation of the need for black unity, attend. No openly gay speaker is permitted to speak at the rally that follows the march. A little bit of hypocrisy there. Anyway, that's all the news. It's fit the news. I'm going to take it away. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so grateful for my guests. I don't have any guests this next week so so if you want to sign up you got to sign up right away <laughs> like tomorrow and we'll get you we'll get you on the air thanks for tuning in and thanks for being a part of rainbow radio on this beautiful saturday morning here in laguna beach Ida May is chomping at the bit she'll be 
Oh, oh, guess what I'm celebrating today? Some birthday or something? Yeah, my big one. Oh, your birthday? Well, it's Wednesday, but don't you know I'm oh. doing it all week. Oh, I don't blame you. I do mine for months in advance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be 70 dang five years old. Oh, my. Just a child. Oh, just a babe. Oh. All right.